Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Keith Allen. and Pastor Summer Allen. And we're continuing our study in the book of Isaiah, chapters 3 through 7, I believe. If I'm wrong, it might have been 4 through 7. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere in that happy medium. Some good stuff. 4 through 7. Yeah, because if not, my Bible wouldn't have all these markings in it. Mm-hmm. So, we'll go ahead and pray first and get started. Heavenly Father God, we come to you and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for gathering us here today, dear Lord God, to study your mighty word. We thank you for ever putting this on our hearts, dear Lord God, to know you, dear Lord God, and to have faith in you. We pray in the name of Jesus, dear Lord God, for those who cannot be here tonight, dear Lord God, that you continue, dear Lord God, to uplift them in the spirit, dear Lord God, and may your word forever dwell with them wherever they may go. We pray and thank you, dear Lord God, all that you have done for us in our lives, keeping us safe and in good health. Blessing us, Lord God, along the way in life, Lord God, and getting us this far in life to this point in which we are, Lord God. We, we are thankful, Lord God, for it. We, we praise you, we honor you, and we just we just continue, Lord God, to be amazed by your might, your power, and your glory. And we pray in the name of Jesus right now as we read, read to your mighty word tonight, Lord God, that we all come away with something, Lord God, Lord God, in the spirit, and that we all come away, Lord God, with understanding and knowledge and wisdom of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Isaiah, chapters 3 through 7. Okay. For me, I had underlined a few things. I starred a few things. I highlighted a few things. And box out a few things. Quite a lot. You guys notice there are some woes in here. Yeah. <laughs> There's some woes in here and uh can you hear us okay, Mandy? Okay, just want to make sure. Um you know in chapter four, five, I'm sorry. Uh, it was about five of them, I believe. Five, six or so uh, woes. And, uh, but I had started something in, in, in chapter four, because that was a, there, not chapter four, I'm sorry. And yeah, in chapter four, I did start something. And this is when he was, um, talking about that dwelling place in Zion. I found this very interesting in chapter 4. It's in ver- it starts at verse 5. 
if you guys can get there, I had wanted to read verses 5 and 6. I mean, not, is it 5? Yeah, 5 and 6. Because chapter 4 wasn't that long, actually. It's amazingly short. And it says this, And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night, for upon all the glory shall be a defense. And I had wanted to read that because, and then verse 6 it says, And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge and for a cover from storm and from rain. Does that sound familiar? Anyone? Fire by night, cloud by day. Yeah. When they when they exited when they when they, when they yeah during the Exodus when they ex- exited um, uh, Egypt, he did the exact same thing. Right. And I had looked up cloud. And it actually um, is a reference to judgment. But however, he's saying that this cloud is their covering from any harm, any judgment, because he is now reconciling himself with them. Right. He is showing them that he's their God, that he has grace and mercy, and that salvation, should you want it, is yours. Also, it's showing that he's omnipresent. Mhm. I just found that interesting in chapter four. I had to yeah. read that because I was like, "Wow, that's that's very cool." How uh, you know you don't think of a cloud like think oh a cloud man is you know you know, but you think about it, the cloud keeps the sun off of you, and that's why he's saying the tabernacle is you know for a shadow in the daytime, right? From the heat, right? <laughs> exactly. So God knows what he was doing. He's like, hey, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. That's good to know Mm -hmm. these days. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the fire by night. I kind of represent that with, you know, how the um, the three wise men, when they, 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 you know, found their way to Jesus, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, I'm going to say three wise men. I'm going to say the wise men. Mm -hmm. Correct myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. So when they when they found their way to Jesus, they used a star, and stars use fire because that's what they're burning. You know, in in their, in their life lifespan, you know, a star is, is nothing but a, <coughs> what we call a sun mm-hmm. that burns. You know, like fire. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a beacon of hope to show you the path in which you need to walk. Right. So, I found that interesting. In my version, it reads, um, over everything, the glory will be a canopy. Mm. Which I found like a nice visual, because then later he talks about his glory just being a train, like from his train is the glory filling the whole Temple when he has the vision? Yes, yes. I remember reading that, yes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's an interesting picture. <laughs> she, she, she got a visual. <laughs> okay. That's who God is. Absolutely. But then, you know, and like I said, in first you know, chapter five he goes he goes woeing. So okay. <laughs> he starts the woes. And uh, but it, it's interesting, like I said, you know, anytime God woes you, it's you read it and you're like, Man, that's a bad woe. But if you adhere to what it is saying, it's you know, that woe doesn't have to happen to you. Mm-hmm. You don't the have to. Be... Warning. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my video is not working, guys. So that's fine. We can hear you. That's that's okay. good enough. You know, hey. They don't need to see me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, like they say, you know, hey, you know, faith comes by hearing, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> See, there's a lot of that stuff in there. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in chapter 5, I say he starts the woes, and I wanted to start in verse 3. Say I got a lot of stuff, you know, highlighted here that I want to try to cover. Okay. He says, And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, Betwixt me and my vineyard. Now, this is a this is very interesting. What he's about to tell them, he says, "What could have been done more to my vineyard?" Because what happened here, he he planted a vineyard, and he said that the 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 the, the someone planted a vineyard and they wanted grapes. He said what grew was wild grapes. He were wild grapes. And I think that was in verse 2, I believe. No, I'm sorry, verse 1. Now will I sing to, verse 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. Verse 2. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones there. I mean, he cleaned it up, got the stones out of the way, and got it prepared for planting. And planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And then that's where he goes into verse three and says, "And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me." Now, in other words, explain me, tell me, uh, betwixt me and my vineyard, what could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to... I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. And this is where the world starts. He's going to take the hedge of protection away. I will take the hedge away thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trotted down. 
and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that the rain that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression. For righteousness, but behold, a cry. So you look, see, you work to get one thing, but you get another thing. Mm-hmm. I'm working towards this. This is my expectation. This is my what I'm planning for an outcome to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not what you think you're working for. Mm-hmm. Everyone should reap what they sow. Mm-hmm. But you're not. Even God. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, I put you down here. You're my church. I put you here to be my people. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting grapes. I'm getting something totally different. That's why he's like, what more could have been done in my vineyard? Because the work was not a fulfilled work. It was a partial work. Yet you moved the rocks and you planted. But was there any enrichment to the soil? Was there any tending to the soil to make sure when the grapes grew up that they weren't Wow, grapes. Mm-hmm. You see something like that happening, and what do you do? Like you, you sit out there, you're pruning. You're making sure things go right. You don't just plant something and just leave it right. and let it tend to itself. You tend to it to make sure that it comes up in accordance to which you are trying to produce. But the house of Israel didn't do so. And if it doesn't, then you need to make changes to make it. Exactly, because now, okay, like, well, like we do this the farming these days, you know, unless you're organic, you go, okay, this type of uh, plant food didn't work. Let's try this type, or let's try another method. Mm-hmm. You try to do something, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you try to um, make sure that everything is according to your plans. Right. And God's like, even though God's plan always works out for the better, it doesn't matter. God's plan is going to be God's plan. But he's like, you guys are trying to throw a monkey wrench in my plan. Right. What's going on? Right. And then he goes on with the woes in, in verse 8. He goes, woe unto them that join House to house. Now, this is, I, I really got a kick out of this one. That join house to house. That lay field to field, meaning they're, they're coming in cahoots. They're getting together. Mm-hmm. Till there be no place that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. But he says, in my ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth many houses She'll be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. 
He's saying no matter how great you make the house, no matter how many of you guys come together, what I lay waste to is what I lay waste to. You can make yourself as mighty as you want, but I am the Lord God. Anyone? Before I move on? Good? All right. Verse 11. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night to wine and flame them. So in other words, you're not even in your right mind. You've been drinking all day. So you just, you put your, your, your mindset is not even there to, for, even, for you even to pay attention to what's going on around you. And the harp, in verse 12, and the harp and the, the vial, the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast, but they regard not the work of the Lord. So everybody's party hardying. They, they put all this effort into making sure their festivals are well prepared, that their festivals are well uh, you know, catered, and that, that they, they got everything that they need mm-hmm. for their festivals. But when it comes time to put in for the work of the Lord, as we say, they start half-stepping. They put in a lackluster effort. Mm-hmm. And he says, and neither, they say, he says, you know, they, they have no regard for the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's crazy right there. Right. And it says in verse 13, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoices shall descend into it. If that's not ever a woe. But he's saying, like, just change your ways. Don't be this way. This is, he's, he's, he's calling you out saying, hey, this is the way I see it. This is what I am seeing. You know, God has pretty much given us a... Um, what we call a quarterly review, like, you know, you get over your job, mm-hmm. and, you know, they call you, and, okay, these are the things I see. You excel right here, but you need a little more work here. Looking for you to take a little more, you know, as they always say, leadership uh, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what God is saying. When he gives a woe, that's all he's doing. He's giving you an evaluation to just say, consider yourself. Consider the things that you're doing and see your see your pros and your cons, see your weaknesses and your strengths to try and better yourself. That's why he talked about in that vineyard. What more could have been done in my vineyard? I think though too is that he's showing how people have lost what the original plan of their life is. And it's kind of goes into purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will, excuse me, a lot of people will 
think that their purpose is ultimately performing some sort of act, right? Mm-hmm. And then they want to know what that act really is so they can get it, be able to perform the act of their life, their mm-hmm. purpose, right? Or they think it's doing a particular career or something like that. They think that's their purpose, right? Mm-hmm. But what is our true purpose? Why did God send us here to spend this life, you know what I mean, to Mm -hmm. go back to judgment, right, Mm -hmm. and to be judged on that life? Why? We have come here for this period of time to be tested by this flesh and to overcome it defeat and conquer the flesh and return back home. Mm -hmm. And if we lose sight of that purpose, then we'll be just like what these things are talking about. We're just trying to party. We're just trying to kick it for the time being that we're here. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, even when Jesus came, they, they were still... Make sure all these festivals, all of right. the traditional uh, gatherings, all the, you know, as they will call them, you know, I don't call them holidays, but you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, mm-hmm. festive times. Mm-hmm. They made sure that they were done on time and all, you know, according to what they wanted. But right. in between and all around those festivals, from festival to festival, the work of God wasn't being done. Right. But we know there's a party coming next month, guys. On the 29th, here comes a party. Right. I'm there, you know. Right. Right. So it's a matter of prioritizing. And I ain't prioritizing, but just getting your your life in order, knowing that, you know. And, and I mean, look at all of us. You know, early, you know, you turn 18 or I'm grown. You turn to one way, oh, you know, I can get into every club now. So you go out there and you try to do whatever you want to do. You try to live it up. Right. You know, <clears throat> Friday night, and I'm feeling right. Right. <laughs> right. Right now the song goes, <laughs> Friday night, and I'm feeling right. You know, so you, you think that, hey, it's party time. It's club time. Saturday, it's party time. It's club time. Sunday, let me go to church. Monday through Friday. You don't get anything accomplished for God. Everything you did was for yourself. You want to go party hardy. But that's why he said, and, and, and I love what he said there, because in verse 12 he says, he said, neither, neither do they consider the operation of his hands, mm-hmm. of his works. Mm-hmm. Everything that he has put together, everything that is before you, God has placed there. Without him, nothing is. And it's like I said, you know, it's not really considering, not being awake mm-hmm. to God and the real purpose of your being, you know. And it's for him. We just get a, well, kind of like you were saying earlier about how Solomon said, you know, all is vanity. The vexation and of spirit. The vexation of spirit. Because we do things for a particular purpose, and if we're doing it just to enjoy ourselves or to indulge the flesh, if we're not doing it 
for God, and we're really honestly wasting our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone else want to add in there? You good? Melinda, we can't see you, so you have to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm good. <laughs> Anybody on the on the phone line? I heard some people chime in there. Anyone? Okay. All right. All right, so moving on deeper into uh, Chapter 7 here. That, no, wait, my page flipped on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> chapter uh, 5. Um, going into verse 24 and 25, I'll say you guys might have highlighted something different. I, I don't know. I'm just going by my highlights and my notes. So if you guys got something, please uh, feel free to interject, uh, jump in there. But in verse 24 and 25, he says this, Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts. So they've cast away the law so they can do whatever they want to do. But the next words that follow is what resonates with me because there's something that's already in existence and it's why we exist that we don't take in regard to. I get this. He says that they don't cast away his laws, right? But he also says, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. The word of God is Christ. And if you read, let me get there, John chapter 1, verse 1. I know we read this a few times uh, a couple weeks ago. But he says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. So this is what they're despising. And he says, and the word was God, so they're despising God himself, of course. But he, he says this, the same was in the beginning with God, and get this, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Mm-hmm. So we despise. We cannot, they didn't comprehend the light of God, the word of God. Mm-hmm. And he, at, at this point, he hadn't even, um, I don't think he had even prophesied about the coming of Jesus yet. It is a couple of chapters later. But he's already letting them know that you've already despised the same word that created you. And the ground that you walk on, the air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the wine that you're drinking, the bread that you're eating, everything that is of you, about you, for you, you despise. So we, we walk in this life, and this, is, this goes for us today because we could walk around and, and, and do a lot of, you know, harms me, self-pity, or 
oh, look what I did, look what I did, look what I got, look how I got this, this is what I did. It's all, as we said in the Marine Corps, the I program. Mm -hmm. They always say the I program because a lot of people always use the I, 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 and it's not about you. And that's what God is saying. Without me, you are not. But you consider everything to be about you. You don't consider me being in the equation at all is what God is saying. Right. So I, for me, I just found that interesting because the, the, the only begotten son is the word of God. He's the light. He's the life. And before he was mentioned, well, he was mentioned in previous books prior to, but during his time period, he is there and he's, you know, in the midst. And truth, you know, a lot of people like to be blind to it because when you are out clubbing, you just want to club. When you're going to party to party, you know, house party to house party, you just want to do that. You know, when you got, you know, all of these uh, partners, I'm going to call them, in your life, that's what you want to do for that moment. That is the kind of, I don't want to say personal, but that's the kind of spirit that you're in at the moment because that's what your flesh wants to do. And we all listen to it. We all did it in our 20s. And, you know, I know I had some experiences, you know, during my crazy military days. I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the military have some experiences. But, uh, right, Tina? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you look back on it now, it's like, you can say, you can still say, oh, that was a good time, but you also, in the back of your head, you go, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, half the stuff you did was wrong. I don't think about 75% of it was wrong. Maybe 95%, but nonetheless, it was wrong. You know it. If it wasn't dangerous, it was just your wrong. perspective. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can hear you, Tina. Hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. just frozen. Oh, okay. Um, what I was going to say is that um, I think people in, in that time frame, in that, I should say, that age, um, especially where we you cut out. Grew up. We grew up with the eye press, as you call it. You you can't hear me? Yeah, now I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, hold on a second. Let me. You can hear me? Yeah. Yes. Hello? Hello? Yes. Okay. All right. What I was saying was, was that, um, you know, looking back on that, it's almost like a, a different life, almost like a different person. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you decide to commit your life to God and um, you allow him to direct your, your gaze, your focus, mm -hmm. um, you can't or don't desire any of those things anymore. Yeah. And so when you're looking back on those things, it's almost like you're looking at a stranger. Right. Right. Even though you were there and you experienced those things and you start looking at those things, you know, from this perspective, from, from a spiritual perspective, you can't even understand why you was even in that mindset. What were you thinking when you did some of those things? Right. Like, 
why why would I even do that? It was just stupid, you know. Um, that's what I got from that. You said, why did I do that? Why did I do it? Why was I even there? And, and I know God was with me when I was doing that that right. night. Right. I know God was right on my shoulder because <laughs> I definitely was out of the building, even though physically I was there in the mix. Right. Well, and the trap we all fall into is that right. we, pass right. the, we pass the judgment on others for God. Right. Some people are now just coming to the point where they're in that that mode where we were. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. we want to take ourselves now and say that person needs 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 some needs some Jesus in their life. Right. But we ain't giving them the Jesus. We're talking about them, but right. we're not helping them. Right. You know. So right. if we fall into that mode where we need to start preaching the word to more people. We need to start telling people about God. You know, because we all started out from the dirt. You know, we mm-hmm. all came up. You know, we was that seed. That, I always say that we were that seed that we throw it in the ground and threw all that dirt on it, threw all that muck and that dirt, all that crazy stuff we did in our lives. It nourished us, you know, with God's grace, nourished us and brought us up, you know, just like any other flower or fruit tree or whatever that, you throw that seed in the ground, and that all that craziness, even though it's craziness, somehow nourished us to be the people we are today because we had to go through something in order to become something. Mm-hmm. That seed was just a seed. Just like I said, you, you plant the seed. You water it, and God gives the increase. And the increase is that seed coming forth from that ground, coming forth, making its way through the muck, through the dirt, and growing. It's like, hey, now I am above the dirt. I am above all that craziness, that mess that I was under, that controlled my life, you know, for so many years. And what what do you what does any plant does when it comes forth out of the ground? It seeks the light. All of your plants. If you don't rotate it, you know, now you got those house plants and you don't rotate them, they start to lean to one side because it's, that one side is pointed towards the sun, you know, at, about the window or the door, and it just goes that way. Right. That's, that's our life. Mm-hmm. That's everyone's life. When we come out of the muck, we want to be in the light because we see that the light is good. Mm-hmm. Now we can comprehend it. We can understand it. But when we were outdoing us, we had no sight of it. We were blind to it. So there was no comprehension of it. It's also, this chapter actually reminds me of so many different chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned, the fire and poverty, but um, the beginning of it sounds like Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. The middle of it when he talks about hell enlarging its borders, that sounds like revelation. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, talking about, you know, all the woes and the things like that, that sounds like Proverbs. I mean, you it's like this um, is such a, it's almost like a summary of the entire book. They call Isaiah the mini-Bible because 
you can take the book of Isaiah and literally see the rest of the Bible in it. Wow. And all of it, you, if you read through it, you'll see the rest of the Bible in Isaiah. Right. And, uh, or maybe they all, you know, got inspiration. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 So, yeah. And I had wanted to read 25 real quick because I had okay, a quick arrow pointed there. I know I need to read that. Okay. It says in verse 25, we're still in chapter 5. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the mist. Wait, I lost my place here. I'm sorry, guys. We're torn yes, in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away. But his hand is stretched out still. Mm-hmm. That's love. Yeah. And then he's like, you know what? See, mine says, and his hand was uh, stretched out still. It doesn't say but. Mine says and. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's and that's that's, that's mercy and grace. He's saying, right. you know what? Like, you know how that 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 one word we always those words we always use. Don't hate the person, hate the sin. That's what that's what God is. You know what? I still love you. I know you out there doing dirt, but I see good in you, and that's what He wants us to do: just to see the good in each and each one of us. To see the good that we all contain within our spirits that He has created, because there is good in all of us, and that's what God wants you to see. Mm-hmm. Look past the crazy. Look past the 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 hard-hearted. You know, the, as He calls the children of Israel, stick-neck people. Just look past all of that and see the greatness that is within all of us. If we can just come to those terms with one another, this world will be a better place. If we can just show that love for the good that is in everybody. Because you, know, you, know, you always say, oh, that person, hey, ain't no, that, that person never did anything good. There's no good in this person. There'll never be this. They'll never do that. Just with that person. But there's good in everyone. Because that's God made us, so there is good in us all. He wouldn't create anything that is even the worst of us all. Lucifer was created to be good, mm-hmm. so there is goodness in everyone. If Lucifer can be good, even if it was only for a minute, we can too. <coughs> that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, anyone? Anyway, good. Good. All right. So I'm jumping over to chapter six. Chapter 6. Now, 
I said, God uses semi-parables sometimes, not full parables. And in chapter 6, he says, it's in verse 5, he starts with another woe. It says, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the uh, the seraphims unto him, saying, having a live, I mean, not saying, but having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. Now, this is a heavenly vision that he's having here, uh, Isaiah, that is. And uh, this, this seraphim angel comes from uh, a midst of top of God's uh, throne with this coal that he's about to put on his um, um his mouth. He says in verse 7, and he, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy inequity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Just like that. So does that, that coal, fire, is that sort of like representing, like, him putting it on his lips, like, representing that his sin, maybe, like, you know how you burn a calf on the altar? Does it start of burning up his sins? Yes, it is. Yes, because this, this, this coal came directly from the, the throne, uh, where somewhere near the throne, anyway, that he had taken from this fire around the throne of God, this seraphim angel, and he comes down and puts it in his mouth. And just like Christ said to us, he will place, I'm not going to say us, but I'm just, you know, metaphorically saying, place us in the fire, and whatever is left is is righteous. Everything that gets burnt up was the sinful. So it is now gone away. That's why he said he has purged you from it. You've been removed. You've been uh, separated. You've been cleansed of this of this sin. So everything that remains is of righteousness. Right. Because that's why he was saying he knows for sure this one thing and my unclean lips because he knows he's probably spoken evil of someone before or said something, you know, not so godly. Uh and God forgave him and he cleansed that, that portion of him. Right. And verse eight was like my favorite verse out of all this, and it says this. He says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, here I am, send me. How many of us volunteered? <laughs> Not too many of us are volunteering these days, are we? Few in between. And he said in verse 9, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes 
lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. God's just giving you a way out. Here it is. Take it or leave it. Isaiah has volunteered to give this message of deliverance. Who is going to take it? Who wants it? To be delivered from your sins. He's like, hey, I just was delivered from mine and you know, through the cold on my lips and I'm and I'm and I'm good to go. Who's next? Like everybody's gonna get a flu shot, right? <laughs> Anyone? Comments? Questions? I'm just trying to, like, is he saying here, basically, is God saying to Isaiah that these people are just not going to they're hear him, but they're not going to perceive him? They are, um, they're seeing but never perceiving. Is he telling him that even though he's giving this message, they're not really going to receive it? Is that what he's saying there? Yeah, because... The human side of it all is not going to hear it. But that's why, you know, the, the parable, and I call, always call it a parable because Jesus always says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. And if we are to hear what the Spirit has to say, we have to do exactly what Scripture tells us to, to do, to worship in spirit and in truth. So in order for you to hear God, the way you should hear him, you need to be have a spiritual mindset, a spiritual ear, and a spiritual eye in order to comprehend what the Spirit is saying, just as the law. You have to be spiritually minded to really comprehend how to maintain yourself within the law. Christ came to abolish the law for us because we couldn't do it because we would just we couldn't tap into the spirit like Adam was tapped into the spirit. Okay? We we became further and further away from God to where it was very hard for us to, you know, get that connection again. So Christ had to come to bear that burden for us because something we can't do. Amen. So if they had a spiritual ear, they could hear what he's saying. That's why it, the way he broke it down was, um, verse 9, he's saying that they they have hear ye indeed, but understand not. So they hear the words, but they don't understand. Like he said, they comprehend the light not. You know, and they see and perceive not. And he says in verse 10, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their heart and convert and be healed. So unless they truly see spiritually what is going on around them, because we wrestle with principalities and, 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 and powers of uh, that are not in the flesh, 
And that goes for God as well. We have to understand and worship God in, in spirit and in truth in order to truly comprehend, to get an understanding of it. The flesh, yeah, it can get some understanding, but it won't get a full understanding because the flesh tends to, uh, what word I want to use here, it tends to uh, want to rationalize everything that it receives. It wants to try to make sense of what doesn't make sense in the physical. Because we only understand as far as what we know. If we don't know anything beyond calculus, we can't understand anything beyond calculus. Because it doesn't make sense to us. You know, we say, oh, you know, 2 plus 10 can't equal, you know, 78. Because we know 2 plus 10 to be 12. So it, it kind of, it, it, as simple as that may seem, that's the way that human nature works. We only understand what we know, and anything that we do not understand is not possible or is, is highly impossible, as we would say. So in order to hear God, you have to turn off the human factor. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that. I'm just confused at the wording of it. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because it's saying... Tell the people be hearing but not never understanding. Be be ever seen but never perceiving. So basically, like you know, it's basically saying you know you can hear but you're not going to understand. You know, and yeah, it makes yeah. the heart of the people callous. You know what I mean? So it's like he wants it. Like if you read it, if you just read it, I'm looking at my version and the, the way you read it, it's like he doesn't want them to understand. Like well, what, no, no, what, what he's saying is yeah, I, know, I get what you're saying, but what he's saying is he's saying. Go and tell the people, he says, tell these people, hear ye indeed. He's saying, you hear. He's saying, this is like, I'm telling Mindy, Mindy, you hear me right now, but you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mindy, you see me right before you, but you don't perceive. He's saying that. No. <laughs> things- my, version, my version says, keep on hearing but do not understand, mm-hmm. keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. That's my, what mine says. Now, I wanted to kind of like jump in there too, um, so it's kind of like being over analytical. I'm trying to speak like, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like being over analytical. And then even another way, though, too, I know Melinda can kind of, you know, understand what I was talking about, like, when it comes to um, receiving spiritual gifts. We have a... A, a thought in our mind or a vision in our mind how to receive a, vis- a, a spiritual gift, right? And we might even read some things about how people receive the spiritual gift. So we'll have it in our head that it is supposed to happen this way because of the knowledge that I receive, right? But when it comes to spiritual gifts, you literally have to let go of everything and don't think. You have to stop 
thinking in order for you to be able to get it. Because God is something and everything that God is, everything about God is is something that has to be learned. You can't rely upon what you know and what you've read. Revelation only comes when we are empty. So you have to see it in that spiritual connotation of it, that if you are too full, that your glass cannot be filled. If you are, if you have too much in your head or on your mind, you can't really understand anything. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you have to give up all thought about in order for you to truly get it. Right. Did you guys understand that? I understand the concepts that you guys are relaying to me, but it's not sinking in and reading this. So, I, I mean, we can move on. Cause okay. It's, it's just the way it's the worded. It's very literal. It's just the way it's, if I'm just reading it, the way it's reading to me, it's almost like, you know, go ahead and hear, but you're never going to understand. You know, go ahead and see, but you're never going to do it. And then when it says otherwise, they might see with their eyes. It's like saying, like almost like he doesn't want them to. Because he doesn't so that's how want I'm reading it, and that's why it's not clicking. Like, right. don't okay. you want them to? You know what I mean? That's what's not right. He's, he's saying he doesn't want you to because you're going to bring it down to a fleshly level. You're going to, you're going to see it by the flesh and not by the spirit. You're going to perceive okay. it by the flesh and not by the spirit. But why does it say then and turn and be healed? Because Isn't that a good thing? Like, well, no, it, it is because what he's saying in verse ten is that unless, like he says, un- unless he says, unless they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert. Okay, unless they're awakened. In other words. Some people are asleep, like walking zombies. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, but no comprehension. Uh, you know, I get the same issue with, with Orion sometimes. I'm sitting here trying to teach him something, and he's looking at me going, yeah, yeah, but he's not understanding a word I'm saying, or at least it's not sinking in. And the best, best example I can give you is um, the, um, the wine skin. Uh, how, you know, it says don't put new wine into old wineskin because it will burst. The richness of the new wine will burst that old wineskin. In other words, the old you, if God tries to drop new revelation on you, you can't receive it because you're still dwelling on the old stuff and now you're trying to reason with the new stuff that he's giving you, and you're like, okay, I don't, I don't accept that, I don't receive it, because you haven't let go of the old you. Paul says, I renewed every day. So when you renew yourself every day, you can accept the newness. Now you have an ear to hear and eyes to see. 
because you are clear of anything that may taint any revelation that God is trying to give you from the past you, the yesterday you. But these people are still walking around today as they were yesterday, the week before, the month before, the year before. They just, there's no growth. So they can't see, they can't hear. I know it's probably still a little jumbled yeah, up there. Yeah, it's going to need to marry a little bit. All right. Just my, it's, you guys are doing a great job explaining it. It's just my literal mind trying to wrap my head around it. So Look up the wire skin. Mm-hmm. Take a look at that, um, and that, uh, hopefully that helps. I just think, like I said, you've got to you've got to to take it out of the physical into a spiritual understanding. You over here trying to cut me off? Can I finish what I'm saying? Um, just take it out of the, the the physical into a spiritual, and then allow the Lord to bless to bless you with understanding on it. Especially if you can't get it right now. Maybe it's something that you have to go through to get it. Yeah. I think she's getting the, the, the examples, but it's like she said, it's the way it's, it was written and worded is is why it's not mm-hmm. kind of clicking. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, on to Chapter 7. Chapter 7. Uh... Anyone got anything there? I can jump over to verse 13 through 16. If not. Okay, verse 13. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive mm-hmm. and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the, the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. And that's exactly what happened before, before it all happened. When Christ came, the Romans had taken over. They had, they were, I would call them governors. They weren't even kings anymore. Herod was considered, you want to call him king, but he wasn't. The Roman Empire was there overseeing everything. So it was like God already had, like, I just found that interesting about the butter and the honey. Right. So that he'll know to choose you know, the good from the evil. Mm-hmm. But, is that what that meant? Come again? I said, oh, is that what that meant? Yes. Because I underlined the, the curds and the honey. 
Yeah. Chris is honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Right. Well, before the boy knows. But anyway, I wrote, like, does that mean when, even at a young age? Like. Well, it's, it's um, you know, teaching him. Like, in other words, giving him an understanding of right and wrong, <coughs> good and evil. So he knows the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, so like cold and hot. Like what? Like cold and hot. Okay. So like which would represent, like honey and curds, are they representing good and evil? Yes. And which is which? The, 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 the honey is the good because it's, it's sweet to you. It's something that you want. The butter's like, oh, man, that's, that's, why would I want that? You know, so, and that's what God is saying, you know, what I say is when you eat his word, it's, hunt, it's like honey in your in your mouth. You he know, said, like sweet in my mouth. Yeah. And bitter in my stomach. And bitter in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anyone wants to, to, to go through life eating butter. Um, <laughs> I just want to a little bit on this one because for me, butter represents I mean, you think about how butter is made, and it's actually made from the fat of milk. Milk. Yes, it is. And, and it kind of took me, you know, I, I kind of was like, okay, I'm not going to go off onto that tangent because now I started thinking about it a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, the offerings. Yes. Uh, where God wanted fat. If mm-hmm. I'm remembering that correctly. Yes. And because so when they put curds and honey here, I took it as good and evil, but then I'm like, wait a minute. We were offering, you know, literally the fat, and that's kind of what butter is. But then I was like, you know what, I'm not going to marry the two. I'm going to try to keep them separate. Okay. So here's the point. It's not that God needs to eat. He takes the fat because we know if you get a slice of bacon or you get that steak and that one piece of that corner of that steak has that fat on it, you right, know, it's been right. grilled, and you you cut it, and you know, you got that piece of fat with the meat and you bite into it, oh, it's oh so good. Right, so right. You got the right. seasonings on there. You got your A1 sauce or whatever it is you're using. Right, right. And it's good, right? Right. Right. So this is what God is saying. The evil sometimes seems so good to you, but okay. it is very okay. bad. All right. So then my thoughts along that way was right. Yeah. I just didn't follow. That's why he. That's Got why it. he preferred to take the, the the fat away because what does he does from us? He takes all the bad things away from us. I'm going to purge your sins, like he told him. I'm going to take that away. Right. Okay. okay. All right. I just didn't follow through with. with okay. that. Got it. All right. Not a problem. Mindy? That was that. That's good. I hope I didn't throw you off. I'm sorry. Um. (laughs) Not a problem. Anyone on the line got any questions or comments? Okay. Sounds like a winner. You got anything else, guys? That's really all I had. 
I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, it's a parallel to the world we're in today. Mm-hmm. Like, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who mm-hmm. put darkness for light and light for darkness. Yes. Um, you know, and, and another thing, I listened to a commentary, and, and one thing I found interesting is that this was written during a time of prosperity in Israel, right? So they were, you know, the one place where it says, Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field. Like, like for me, that was like a vision of prosperity. You know, building these houses, and you know, they're you know they're planting their farms, and they're just going about their business like everything's okay. But they're not seeing. You know, they're not not thinking ahead to think like the way we're everything is fine now. It's not not what you're saying is not really going to happen. They're not thinking that far ahead. Right. I think they're going to remain in this place of prosperity. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. This is coming at a time where they weren't going through any hardship, but, you know. Um, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. my yeah, it's, comment. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you know, countries trying to build superpowers, you know, and no matter what you do, you know, superpowers always fall, and that's what God was saying in that, in that, in that passage. Like, no matter how many, you know, Houses you put together, no matter how much land you put together, no matter how much riches you combine to try to make yourself, you know, above it all. When I lay it all uh, all to waste, it will be all waste. It won't be anything left. So no matter what you do, when it's gone, it's gone. So yeah, you're right. It's it's, and we and we still do it. We do it with our four hundred one k's and everything else. We try to build up this big pot to say, okay, when when I retire at the age of X, X amount of years, I want to have this and I want to do this and I want to do that. And you try to prepare all this stuff for that. But we forget the God factor in it all. Mm-hmm. That is the factor that matters the most. Because you don't, like, like Mindy was saying, you don't know you're not looking ahead to the God factor. You're looking ahead to the self factor. But what does God have planned? You know, how all these people, um, you know, they build up for their retirements. And on my job, I've seen a lot. I get those emails, you know, and the title is sad news. It's like, oh, I don't even want to read this one. You know, because they send them like, it's like people – or I'm going to retire, or they just retired like a month ago, and they pass away. So all that you work for, you forgot the God factor. God says, uh, you know what? I need you to come do something for me, so I need you on this side. I don't need you on the flesh side anymore. So he calls you home. And all that material stuff you were building up to save and do all this other stuff with your life, it's done with. So you have to live for God today because if you're living for him, then just like the prophets, you can get that vision of what is to come if you are in God's grace and, and, and you get the, like he said, you, the ears to hear and the eyes to see, now you can comprehend the workings of God, the mysteries. That's why I said he has mysteries, but he's willing to share them with us but you have to be in tune with him in order to understand and receive these mysteries and to know what is to come. 
And if you are no, to know what is to come, like he said, if like Christ said, if you knew the if you knew the burglar was coming that night, you would prepare for him. But we know not which hour his return is, like he said. So our return as a thief in the night, because you don't know when and what manner I am coming in. That's the whole point of it all. To be prepared for the Lord, not for, oh, I'm taking the trip to Israel in, in the next two years. You may not make it past tomorrow. Right. And that's the whole passage, you know, these people putting land to land and, you know, house to house. It's all for not if, 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 if it's, it's not in uh, the will of God. So. Right. That's what I have, guys. Amen. Okay. Well, Summer has suggested that one of you guys pray us out. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and pray over this group. Pray for understanding. Pray for perceptions. Pray for spiritual gifts and blessings, Father God. I pray for our focus to always be upon you. I pray for anything that would tear us away from your work will be torn down and cast asunder. I pray, Father God, that we find those people in our lives that is touching us now and help bring them to your focus, Father God. I help and pray that I pray that there's someone that is in our life right now, someone There's someone that is in one of our lives right now that really needs prayer, Father God. And I ask that you be present, Father, in us. Let them come to us. Let them see your face in us when they see us tomorrow, Father God. And let them open their hearts and their minds to come and approach the person that is in this group and ask for prayer, and ask for your hand in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, I pray for this. Father, I'd like to thank you for this prayer group. I'd like to thank you for the people of us in this group. I'd like to thank you for the learning and the sight that this group has given to me and to each of us. I pray that we grow stronger and stronger each day and that we learn and that we receive more and more knowledge so that we can definitely make you happy in all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank you, Father God. Amen. 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 Thank you. All right, guys. Next week, I'll text it out. Uh, next week, chapters 14, 38, 
41 and 43. Isaiah? Yes, yeah. Isaiah, all month. So, are there anything in, like, particular questions we could be answering, like, thinking about, like, when we read them or, like... Yeah, anything you can come up with, um, what does this have to do with, like, end times? What does it have to do with uh, creation? What does it have to do with the New Testament? Anything you can think of, what does it have to do with today's world? How, um, any theological questions you may have? Um, I'll, I'll try to dig up some history. Which which ones was that? I'm sorry. 14, 38, 41, and 43. All right. You said you're going to text it. Yeah, I'll text it here in just a sec. All right. All right. So, thank you guys for coming. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening and the rest of your week. Be safe. God bless you guys. Thank you. See you guys. All right. Take care. See ya. Sorry, baby. I'm going through a lot over here. Did you, was somebody calling back? I don't know. Then why'd you hang up on it? I thought that was me that did it. There's a little thing up there in the corner and I was trying to close it and it, as soon as I clicked on it, it started ringing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.